Oh yeah, come on. Yes. Yes. 30 more seconds. Give it all you got. 30 more seconds. and tell them I'm powerful. Oh, you didn't say that like you felt like you meant it. Oh, yeah, somebody meant it. Who said that? Who said it? Say it again. Oh, yeah. You're saying it right when you're halfway back, but it sounds like you're on the front row. Demonstrate one more time. Yes. Now, having been given a sufficient example, tell somebody I'm powerful. Would you say that past muster, sister? That sound all right? Well, try it one more time then. She's not satisfied. Tell somebody, bless God, I'm powerful. <laughs> yes. You ought to tell your problem, I'm powerful. You ought to tell your adversary, I'm powerful. Tell old Satan himself, I'm powerful, old boy. Better look out, I'm coming for you. I'm tired of being on the defense. Yeah, so sure am. I'm tired of being on the defense. Well, thank the Lord for Sunday morning. Lord for his spirit his blessings thank the Lord he brought us out thank the Lord he'll keep us out in Jesus name well give honor to Bishop and Sister uh, Nichols yeah the Lord for them, the staff. You can seat yourself after you've hugged somebody. Give honor to my friend, Brother Brian Schock, pastor. And thank the Lord for him, his friendship. And his Christianity and his hunger for the things of God and I am very very thankful for his friendship and um, 
wonderful church he and his wife are leading there in Conway. And the Lord has done many great things and is going to continue to, I believe. Uh, John chapter number 11, verse number 1. Now there's going to be considerable verses read on today. Some of you are going to be frustrated before we're done. Some of you are going to be so happy that you'll have your weekly reading in for the first time this month. It's the first week of the month. I mean, now a certain man, verse number one, was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Uh, therefore his sisters sent unto him, Lazarus' sisters, Martha and Mary, sent unto the Lord, um, saying, Behold, whom he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Did he sound too worried about it? Hello? No. Nah. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, so far we've read five verses, and they're all very powerful. But that fifth verse is especially powerful. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Forget about the little brother being sick and them being worried. Pay attention to verse number five. Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. When he had, boy, sometimes when you're going through stuff, you just keep that right there in mind. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We're all weak, but he's so strong. Boy, when Satan's on the front porch, you just keep that in mind. Now Jesus loves me. This I know. When you don't have all the other answers, if you can just get that one out there and say it out loud. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, thank you. He loves me. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now, he hears the brother sick, and then he stays two extra days where he was after getting that news. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. Why goest thou thither again? Do you really think they were worried about just him? Do you think they were just worried about him? No. no. I mean, it sounds good on paper. Oh, Lord, they want to stone you now. Why, why would you want to do that again? And that's translated to God. In the, why in the wide world would you want us to? You're putting all of us at risk. There's risk in association with him. I'll just tell you that. Jesus answered. Are there not 12 hours in the day? I, I'm just going to take a moment here for a little station break. 
I just think there were a lot of times the Lord wanted to tell his disciples, y'all are dumber than a box of rocks. I just believe he felt that way. What? Are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world. Boy, that's powerful now. You ain't got to have a lot of faith to walk in the light. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. In him. These things said he, and after that, he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Now, did you notice what he said in verse number 9 and 10? Are there not 12 hours in the day? Um, you get to choose whether you want to walk in the light or the dark. I wonder what those light and dark items there are symbolic of. Revelation, faith, confidence, light. Fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, stress, anxiety, the dark. If you walk in faith, so let's just substitute that. Are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in faith, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. You can't see the light of this world without faith. But if a man walk in unbelief, he stumbleth, because now, because of his unbelief, there's no light in him. The Lord can't dwell in a place of unbelief. Well, that's enough of that. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest and sleep. They thought he was saying the little brother was taking a nap. Then said Jesus unto them plainly. There's just not a lot you can do with stupid except talk plainly to it. You can't even polish it up good. Then said Jesus unto I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that word. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, but it was stupid. Lazarus is dead. Now this next verse will grab you right in the old Google, and I'm glad for your sakes. I was not there. Now, this is his friend, and he's telling his followers that his friend has died, and then he tells his followers he's glad for their sakes that he was not there and that his friend has died. I'm glad he's dead for your sake. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, uh, let us all go that we may die with him. It's a lost cause, boys. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. Many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met with him. But Mary sat still. Everybody say, sat still. 
in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So frustrating. Telling me what I already know. Jesus said unto her, uh, Excuse me. I'm just telling you, if I had been Jesus on that day, I'd have reached out and just took my knuckles and knocked her right on the head. Hey, he just told her, I'm the resurrection. Or he's about to tell her I'm the resurrection. He just told her uh, he's going to live again. And she acknowledges it's going to be through the resurrection. Then he incredulously. You know, I think the only thing that ever really shocks the Lord is our lack of understanding as to who he really is. Our situations don't catch him off guard. But I think he is absolutely stunned when his people don't have a clue who he is. Jesus said unto her, um, I am the resurrection and the life. Hello. He that believeth in me, though he were dead. Boy, now there's a mouthful. He that believeth in me, though. Though he were dead, I guess the dead can have faith too. I saw a dead man acknowledge he was okay one time. The brother been dead 24 minutes, sat straight up on the front row in church. His wife said, Kenneth, are you okay? He looked at her and he said, yeah. He dead in a hammer. No heartbeat, no respiratory activity, no blood oxygen content, no blood pressure, no nothing. Hammer dead and the equipment hooked up. And that paramedic sitting beside me said, I have no idea what just happened. Well, I was stunned too, but I wasn't that quiet about it. But nonetheless, I saw it with my own eyes. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. You know she's a little smart aleck about it. The Son of God, which should come in the world. And when she had so said, she went her way. Well, why do you think she was a smart aleck? Because if she had meant it seriously, she wouldn't have mouthed off and then walked off. Don't confess something at the altar. You're not committed to sticking around to see it happen. You'd be better off not acknowledging something you think about him than to acknowledge it and then act like you don't believe it. Uh, thou art the Christ, the Son of God, who should come into the world. And when she had so said, when she had her say, she went her way. Isn't that just like some saints we follow pastors? They're going to have their say, then they're going to go their way. Oh, wait, this is Sunday morning. I'll save that stuff for tonight. She had her say, then she went her way. Ooh, that's a good one. She had her say, then she went her way. And that was her attitude. And Mary, and called Mary, her sister, secretly. That trashy thing. 
Now, she done been a smart aleck to the resurrection, and now she's going to slip off down there where Mary's at and whisper to her. You better be careful when the saints of God want to whisper something to you. They leave that altar real quick and then go back there where you're sitting and start whispering, you better run to that altar. Uh, now, where was I? Y'all distracted me so bad. Then she called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, the master has come. And, and I'm going to tell you, a lot of lies start with a little truth. The master's come. That was true. And calleth for thee, straight up lie. That's all it took. As soon as she, Mary, heard that, she rose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And the Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep. Something struck me yesterday. Nobody followed Martha. Nobody going to follow a smart aleck, false accuser, attitude, nasty, disrespectful, rebellious, trashy thing. Nobody followed her. She was a legend in her own mind. But now, when those folks that were at the house that didn't know what was said to Mary, saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out, they followed her. I'll just say this to you, and I won't dwell on it, but people will follow brokenness. You can trust broken. Broken don't hurt you. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, and saw him, are you bored? Okay. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, and she saw him. She what? Where? Saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Verse number 21, then Martha, then said Martha unto the Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Mary was coming to where Jesus was and saw him. She fell down at his feet, saying unto him, If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. They said the exact same words. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus now weeps. They said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. But we knew that because he'd already told him that in verse number five. Some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man shouldn't have died? Couldn't Jesus have done something sooner? Hadn't we all said that? Lord, you could have gotten involved in my situation before now. 
Why'd you let it go this long? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Oh, and here's that trash of Martha again. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, come on, really? By this time the brother stinks. He'd been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, now he's repeating the lesson she didn't learn the first time they talked. Said I not unto thee, if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, I want to just take another station break. Martha comes in right in the beginning of a miraculous season. There's always going to be sarcastic, carnal, shallow, twice dead and plucked up by the root people that show up just before a miracle is getting ready to be done. And they're going to talk about all the reasons why you shouldn't have faith. God's going to do something. You let Jesus deal with them. Jesus said unto her, have I not already told you that if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God? Now notice what happens after verse number 40. Jesus addresses her. Then they, don't, don't, they didn't entertain her. They didn't argue with her. They didn't reason with her. They didn't debate with her. They just obeyed him. You, you need to not worry about them and just obey him. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heardest me always, hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came bound forth, came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him. Turn the brother loose and let him go. And many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed on him. Some of the people that follow you will believe on God. But some of them, everybody say, but some. There's always going to be, but some. Many will convert, but some will go their own ways to the Pharisees. But don't be discouraged by those leaving because they're going to go into circles and places in your community you can't get into. And notice what they did. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. I don't care what they're saying when they leave here. They're going to be repeating what they saw here when they get where they're going. And gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we do? Oof. 
for this man doeth many miracles. You don't get the city stirred up, go around doing a bunch of miracles. If we let him alone, man, if, if we don't go after him, all men are going to believe on him. And the Romans are going to come and take away both our place and nation. One of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation not perish. And at this he spoke not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. It is amazing who the Lord will use to bring about the tide change in a nation to achieve his will. Don't, don't hate Caiaphas. <laughs> don't hate the people that seem to hate you and have your demise in store. The more they talk about you, what's that old advertising slogan, no publicity is bad publicity? I mean, there's no such thing as bad publicity, whatever. He said, you know what, let's, let's just go ahead. And this he spake not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one, the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim. And there continued with his disciples. It don't matter how bad it got, he never quit. He continued. Even when he had to go into hiding, he continued. There may come a day where the church has to go into hiding, but we will continue on with the disciples of the master. Now, <clears throat> if you could play something very softly and melodiously there, I won't be much longer. This story is intriguing to me for a litany of reasons yesterday I had a phone call Brother Shock and I driving down the road and, um, from a precious woman of God and facing probably in the years that I've known them one of the one of the most heavy challenges of their lives and ministries in their church and it seems like they are being assaulted from every side. And I, I called to check on them. And as I was hanging the phone up, about to hang up, we had already said goodbye twice, I think, or once. And she said, now look, if, if God gives you something for me, please, please call me and tell me. Just like that, this story came to me. And I began to talk to her about it. Our circumstances are designed, I think, and allowed by the Holy Ghost to draw or drive us to him. All things do truly work together for the good of them that are called according to his purpose and which serve the Lord and all that. Martha and Mary came to him from two different perspectives. Those two perspectives were I guess I should more accurately say two different relationships. Martha had spent her lifetime 
serving him, pleasing him, um, addressing his needs. She knew his favorite food when he would come and stay in their home. She knew what his favorite drink was. She knew if he liked um, tropical fruit punch or those twist drinks from Sam's. She knew exactly what it was he liked, if he liked coffee, if it was community coffee or Folgers Classic Roast. Yes, in Jesus' name. And uh, all you little gourmet coffee people. With your little boutique coffee. So special. If you can't brew it in a black cast iron skillet, when the electricity's out, it probably ain't worth it drinking. Hallelujah. She knew what he liked. And when she needed something from him, her attitude really was formed by their relationship. And it was one of basically, what about all I've done for you? Now Mary had a whole different vantage point. And her point of origin was from a relationship too. But Mary ain't ever cooked a brother a pancake, gumbo, sauce piquant, etouffee, filet gumbo, boudin, turnip greens, hot water cornbread and pot liquor out of that turnip. She, she may not even know how to turn the stove on. She ain't ever quilted the first quilt for him, stitched up the first afghan for him. She ain't never knitted none of them little dollies to put on the coffee table for the brother. All she had ever done was just sit around his old feet and learned of him. Martha had spent her time in relationship with him doing for him. She didn't know him for nothing. Mary, she never even served him the first sugar cube to put in his little coffee. Fried an egg or brought in some fruity pebbles. Mm -mm, not Mary. As a matter of fact, she would fast if it came to that. She didn't care nothing about what was going on in that kitchen. I'll do without comfort. My favorite chair sits empty. As a matter of fact, Master, you sit in it, and I'll sit on the floor. It wasn't easy for her to be broken when she should be, because that was the basis of her relationship with him all along. She had never elevated herself to a place of, look what I've done for you. And so on that day when Lazarus needs prayer, the two sisters come from two different vantage points. And Martha gets in his face and tells him, if thou wouldst but have come, if you had just come, my brother wouldn't have had to die. Well, you know, that would look strange. Then she goes back, lies to Mary. 
Mary goes to where he's at and fell right back at the same feet she had been sitting around this entire relationship. She knew every question I ever had of him, I got it answered at his feet. Everything I ever wanted to know about him, I got that at his feet. The closeness that I wanted with him, I got that at his feet. Sometimes the most humbled position is a far cry from what appears to be the most elevated position that it's easier to know him here than it is in the kitchen. And so when Lazarus needed something, it was Mary he heard. And Mary said exactly the same words that Martha had said to him. The exact same words. crowd followed Martha. The Lord is not opposed to our circumstances causing us to come to him with our petition. That's part of why they are allowed to exist. To remind us we need him. And he fully intends to answer our petition. But that answer may be a little while coming based on how we come into his presence. It wasn't, it was not about what Martha asked of him. It was about how she came to him. It wasn't about what Mary asked of him. It was how she came to him. The issue is not always what we say to him, but the position we say it from. Martha wanted her history of service to be the platform from which he responded to her. Mary had nothing to offer him except Mary. And he couldn't resist it. The Lord's trying to get all of us to talk to him. But how we come to him is as, if not more important, than why we come to him. I've said this facetiously at times, but I mean it. I think sometimes we've been saved too long. And by that I mean we've been saved so long, we really don't remember the mess I was in when he found me. I mean, I received the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old. And I wasn't in that big of a mess. But Lord have mercy, I've made a mess or two since then. And he has come and found me over and over and over and over. What condition were we in when he was first drawn to us and filled us with his presence? Broken, humbled, surrendered, submitted. There is no substitute for that, ever, none. Arrogance and pride will do more to keep you out of his presence than devils and witches and warlocks and sorcerers and fortune tellers will ever do. Scripture says he resisteth 
he'll always continuously resist the proud. Then there's something in there about blessed are the poor in spirit. The meek shall inherit the earth. God is not opposed to doing for us, to us, and through us everything he's ever promised for us. But he is not going to cooperate with flesh and share his glory with flesh. Not now, not tomorrow, not ever. Ever. So come to him with whatever you will this morning. But be careful how you come. Because if you want him to respond and go to your graveside where your loved one or your situation or your circumstance is at, and you want him to resurrect it and you want him to do the miraculous, don't come and remind him of all you've done for him. Have you ever noticed how we do that, Brother Nichols? We will, we will go into great anguish. Lord, I've done everything you've asked me to do. And I have I've suffered for the cause of the kingdom. And I've suffered and my family has suffered. And God, we sow into this ATC all the time. And when are we going to get anything back in our home? It's okay to ask those questions. Do it from the vantage point of humility. Lord, I am so thankful to be able to sow into your kingdom. Lord, I am so thankful to be able to return unto you that which is yours. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a part of your kingdom. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be used as a channel to funnel your blessings back into the kingdom. Lord, I claim the promises that you made me. Before I was ever in the womb, you made these promises. And you said that if I would do what you asked me to do with the right spirit, you would return it unto me. And I'm reminding you of that, and I'm receiving that, and I'm submitting to your timing to return it to me in your time. In Jesus' name. Well, then you pray from that perspective. You don't end up bringing a curse on your blessings. The scripture talks about that he'll turn our blessings into curses if we don't come to him with the right. And then this morning I said, now Lord, there may not be a bunch of aisle running today. He said, I don't want them running the aisles. I want them to think. There where you are, the altars are available, this area up front. Would you find it perhaps within yourself possible? to humble yourself before the Lord this morning before we leave here. Even if you don't have a petition, even if you have no request, even if you have no need of Him, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. That's not just song, that's scripture. May He be with you always. May His hand be upon your home and your family. If you're going to receive those blessings from the Lord this morning, would you humble yourself just for a few minutes? You can kneel, you can lay on the floor, you can lift your hand standing, it doesn't matter. But will you take just a few moments and surrender to Him, humble yourself before Him, and let Him bless you?
with what he already wants to bless you with. 